It's very beautiful, a common theme in the readings this evening. God calling his servants, God calling his people for a very special task, a special purpose, a special mission in the history of salvation. God calling his people. And the Latin verb, which is translated to the English, to call, is vocare, vocare. And that's where we get the word vocations. Maybe you've heard that word vocations before. And a lot of times when people hear the word vocations, they, they assume it, it doesn't necessarily apply to them. But we have to remember that all of us here are called to holiness. We all have that primary vocation to holiness. No matter what our state of life, no matter how old or young we are, what, what we do, what we don't do, where we live, or, or whatever. We all have that primary vocation to holiness, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And whenever these readings come up, I like to speak not only about that primary vocation to holiness, but also that, that very specific vocation uh, to serve uh, in God's church in a very special way. And that's the way in which we normally think of the word vocations now, uh, a young man who's called to the priesthood or a young lady who's called to religious life. And a lot of times when I start talking about this, people, they turn on the autopilot, right? They, they tune out, they say, oh, this doesn't apply to me. You know, I'm, I'm married or I'm, I'm single or you know, I'm never going to be a priest, I'm not going to be a religious sister or whatever. A lot of people think they don't have any part in this, but I want to reassure you that you have a very important part in this. And the scriptures which we just heard prove it. In the first reading, a very beautiful story in which our Lord is calling Samuel. And Samuel doesn't know what's happening. He's sleeping, he hears his voice at night in a dream, and uh, he, he doesn't know what's happening. So he, he gets up and he gets Eli involved. And, and it takes Eli to understand what's happening. Because Samuel, he doesn't know who's calling him. He doesn't know what the call is all about. It's only after the intervention of Eli that Samuel understands and responds to this call. And the same is true in many men and women today who are called to the priesthood and religious life. God is calling many, many to consecrated life. But they may not know that it's God speaking to them. Or what he is calling them to. I tell you, this world is so filled with distraction and noise. And God speaks in the whisper of the heart. You know, a lot of people, they're waiting for God to, to speak to them. They expect to go outside one day. And honestly, people, they think that they're going to go outside and they're going to look up in the sky. And God is going to write out in the sky, in clouds, what they're supposed to do with their life. Some people honestly think that. But God is speaking in the silence of the heart. And it's very difficult to listen to right now in this world. Sometimes God's call to a person can be evident to others while the person that is being called doesn't really know what's going on, much like in the story of Eli and Samuel. And this is how we can help. You know, when we see the qualities in a person, in a man who would make a, a good priest, we should say something. Say, you know, I, I see something in you. 
You know, have you ever thought about the priesthood? It's a very important question to ask. And then the same for young lady. You know, have you ever considered religious life? It's a very special calling, very special vocation in the church. It's very needed right now. Have you ever considered that? So it's important, I think, to, to help people recognize that God may be seeking them out. Because we hear the same thing in the gospel, don't we? This is actually a very fascinating gospel. Just think about it. Think about this for a minute. Peter, Simon Peter, he's the first pope, right? He's the man whom Jesus would give the keys to the kingdom. He's the man who would, Jesus would change his name to Cephas, to Peter, which means rock. He was introduced to Jesus by his brother. Simon Peter is introduced to Jesus by his brother Andrew. It's important to remember that. And I don't know a single priest or a religious sister who is not asked the question at one time or another by, by at least one person or sometimes many people. Have you ever thought about being a priest? Have you ever thought about being a religious sister? Because we can be that instrument of God who is calling that young man, that young woman, to serve in the church. We can be much like Eli. We can be much like Andrew. But to do this, it's important for us to be spiritually alert ourselves. There's a very beautiful uh, phrase in, in uh, theology, translated English, it's, you can't give what you don't have. You cannot give what you do not have. So in order to help somebody recognize that God is calling them to a very special purpose in his church, it's important for us to be able to listen to the voice of God too. We must be able to recognize the voice of God just as Eli did. We must be able to recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the anointed one, as the one who is promised from the ages, the Son of God, just like Andrew did. It's important for us to be able to do that. Just consider the consequences. If Eli did not help Samuel out, just think about that. If, if Eli said, Samuel... Go back to sleep. Stop waking me up. It's just a bad dream. Are you, are you always hearing these voices in your head? Maybe you should see somebody about that. Just think about it. If Eli ignored it and didn't help Samuel out, just think if, if Andrew did not introduce his brother Simon to Jesus. Think about the consequences of that. God's plan of salvation as we know it today would be, will not be fulfilled. It would not be completed. You know, for reasons known only to God, he chooses to call people to his church, to ministry in his church through other people. So what can we do? Well, every Catholic, as I mentioned in the beginning, has a very important role in this, and I'm, I'm completely serious in that. Every Catholic has a very important role in this. I encourage you, first of all, to be aware of God's presence in your own life. 
Much like Eli and Andrew, if, if Eli and Andrew were oblivious to God's presence in their life, they would not have been able to help Samuel and Simon. It's a fact. So it's important for us to be aware of God's presence in our life. And the primary way in which we do that is through receiving the sacraments, which you're about to uh, tonight in this Mass, receive the very important sacrament of, the, of Holy Eucharist. Sacrament of Reconciliation is very important as well. That will help you to hear the voice of God. Um, and then prayer. Prayer is very important. So often I'll ask a, a, a Catholic, I'll ask a Catholic family, i say, so what's your prayer life like? 99.5% of the time they'll say, well, Father, we pray before meals. I firmly believe that the 17-second prayer before meals is not a very good prayer. I personally believe that when you're hungry and you're sitting at the table and the food is right in front of you, you cannot hear the voice of God. You can't hear it. You can hear your stomach, but you cannot hear the voice of God in those 17 seconds. Forget about it. If that's your family prayer, you do not have family prayer. Let's be honest. I don't care if, you, if it's three minutes long and it's chanted in Latin, and I know a family that does that. It's still not family prayer. Without that prayer, which is at least five minutes, it's just five minutes a day, just five minutes, without that prayer, it's very difficult for me, for you, to recognize the presence of God. And you cannot give what you do not have. If you can't recognize the presence of God in your midst, it's very difficult for you to, to recognize God calling somebody to a very special vocation. So prayer is very important. Without it, you're not going to be able to really be used, be able to be used as an instrument of God. And I encourage you to look around you, look in your families, look in your social groups, look in the pew in front of you or beside you and... and um, just ask the question of, of some of these people. You know, if you notice qualities or characteristics in a person that you think would make them a, a, a great priest, a very good and faithful holy priest, if you think it would make them a very holy and prayerful religious sister, just ask the question. Just like Samuel, they may not be aware of it. My, uh, one of my last duty assignments, there was a young man, he would come to daily mass about mm, a couple times a month. And um, it, that's kind of a sacrifice, right? Even if daily mass is 23 minutes long, it's still a sacrifice because you're missing most of your lunch uh, break. And, um, but I would see him, and, and one day I remember asking him if, if he'd ever consider the priesthood. He's, he was just, he looked, he's just a great young man and just prayerful and, and devout. And I, so I asked the question. He said, oh, Father, I'm, and he was a medical professional in the Army. And he said, oh, oh Father, I'm, no, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I've got a great career ahead of me. I've got a great girlfriend, about ready to move. And I got things lined up, got things planned out. I said, okay. Uh, I thought I would just ask because I, I see something in you. He said, thanks, Father, but, but, um, I'm good, thank you. So a couple weeks later, I asked him again. <laughs> he said, oh, Father, you know, I have a girlfriend. I'm going to be moving pretty soon. I'll be closer to her. Who knows, we might get married. 
and uh, I got a great career lined up. I said, has anybody else ever asked you that question? He said, well, you know, I guess my mom did, you know, when I was growing up, but that's what moms do, right? You know, they ask the question. I said, has has anybody else ever mentioned that to you? He said, well, not, not really. I said, well, you should at least open your heart to the possibility. Just open your heart up. Long story made short. Instead of moving six months later, he got out of the Army. He resigned his commission. Last summer, he was ordained a transitional deacon. He's going to be ordained a priest of Jesus Christ in five months from right now. All it took was asking the question. All it took was asking the question. And I tell you, I have story after story after story lined up just like that, just simply asking the question, have you ever thought this? Have you ever considered this? That maybe God is calling you to some, something very special. And I tell you, growing up in, in St. Rita's Catholic Church in Kellogg, Idaho, a very, very small town, I can remember from the moment I started serving Mass, you know, the, the faithful parishioners, just like you at St. Rita's, you know, asking me that question. And I tell you, that helped prepare my heart, my soul, to be able to listen to that voice of God. And I tell you, without, without people asking that question, I think it would have been much more difficult to be able to hear that voice. In fact, every year, there's a, there's a survey conducted of, of men who be their ordained priests and uh, women who are uh, professed as religious sisters. And the, one of the questions they ask these, these people is, what, what helped you to consider this, this role, this, this vocation, this mission? And... Um, Almost 100% of the time, almost every year, every one of them will say, somebody asked me. Somebody asked me directly and very specifically. You know, I see something in you. I see something different. Have you ever thought about this? It's very important to ask the question. I tell you, it's very difficult right now for, for people to respond to this type of vocation because the world is, is basically telling young men and young ladies that that this is, perhaps the most, this is perhaps the worst thing you could do with your life. That's what the world is saying right now. And I, I personally think that one of the greatest obstacles uh, to men responding to that vocation is, is their parents. Their parents. I cannot tell you how many times somebody said, Father, stop asking my son if he wants to be a priest. I want him to be, be happy when he grows up. I'm like, what am I doing or not doing or saying or not saying that doesn't convey to you that I'm extremely joyful? And I've been ordained for 13 years and six months and 17 days. And not for one second, not for a single second, I've ever doubted or regretted it. Not once. Not once. If you were to look at these, these uh, surveys conducted across the occupational spectrum, almost every year in our nation, and these, these are conducted by companies that are not part of the church, you'll see that consistently in the upper, in the mid to upper 90 percentile level, that's where you find priests and women religious with satisfaction of their occupation. It's not an occupation, it's a vocation. But it's higher than almost every other occupation in our nation. And I tell you, the, the most joyful people that I know 
are religious sisters. The most joyful people that I know are religious sisters. But our society, I tell you, there's nothing more countercultural than to encourage young men to consider going to the seminary or for a young lady to consider to enter the convent. The world wants nothing of it. But God may be sending a very different message to their heart. And it may be difficult for them to hear that message. And God may need you to be his instrument in that. Much like Eli, much like Andrew. It's important to be open to being God's instrument as he calls men and women to follow him in that religious vocation. But in order to do this, we must first be able to recognize and hear the voice of God ourselves. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.